This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, my next guest is Dunedin-based clinical psychologist Dr Kumari Valentine, who was last year made a Fellow of New Zealand College of Clinical Psychologists in recognition of her work in the field. Dr Kumari's passion is for using psychological theory to help people change their lives for the better. And to that end, she is this month offering a workshop for women who are in the midst of what can potentially be one of the most overwhelming experiences, pregnancy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kamari Valentine. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Um, we should say now that you're in a great position to talk on this subject. You are heavily pregnant right now. <laughs> <laughs> and as of yesterday, measuring 44 weeks at about 32 weeks of pregnancy. All right. Well, if nothing else, uh, women will identify with you from a kind of an empathy perspective <laughs> anyway. Now, look, um, your own experiences have informed your choice to offer uh, something for other women. Tell us about that. So this is complicated pregnancy number four. Um, I feel very fortunate to have been pregnant. I know how difficult it is to become pregnant. So I think that when when you're pregnant anyway, it's really important to connect with your baby, to be as calm as possible, and to be as connected as possible to your support networks. Now all of that becomes increasingly difficult when you have complications in pregnancy. Now if we think about some of the more clinical issues that face women in pregnancy, we know that postnatal depression or antenatal depression and anxiety are huge issues. But even Without those really serious issues that I can speak to, there are still very many stresses that make complications very, very common. And the prevalence of depression, for example, in pregnancy is 15%. This is huge, and it affects, amongst other things, the woman's ability to bond with her child. And we know that that early attachment has huge consequences for the child and the mother later down the track and thus for our society. Women's responses to pregnancy must mm. be many and varied from overwhelming joy and a, a relatively easy and uncomplicated process to to almost you know, a very scary and kind of nightmarish time depending on, on some of the complications that happen along the way. Yes, and it's, um, I guess, the... The thing is that even in what seems like a straightforward pregnancy, there are so many other factors that can affect a woman's um, state of mind. Um, that's why I think it's so vital that women take the time to connect with their baby and to learn strategies to be more present. For example, we know that mindfulness, that is being in the present moment in a non-judgmental way, benefits everyone, and it can benefit women who are pregnant regardless of the complications in their pregnancy. Um, from having a look at some of the material you've issued ahead of this workshop, you talk about um, some women experiencing a cycle of, of panic. How, mm. how does that kind of manifest? Okay. So it's very easy to become panicked when there's information that potentially worries you, and you're more likely to get that information when you have a complicated pregnancy. So what panic looks like, is fear, it's difficulty breathing, people feel like they're almost going to die, they feel overwhelmed. The peak of anxiety typically is within a few minutes. And people who've had both a panic attack and a heart attack say that a panic attack is worse. Hmm. We know 
that if you have a complicated pregnancy, you're more likely to experience anxiety, perhaps including panic and depression. Thus, it's more likely that people will experience this panic reaction. So one of the things I'm going to do in my workshop is talk about what that cycle looks like and ways to exit it. Because there are very simple strategies that you can use to get out of the panic cycle if you know what's happening. The problem is that it's so overwhelming, you literally feel like you're going to die. And it's, it's so hard in that moment to know what to do. Is this more common in, in, in first-time pregnancies? That's a very difficult question to answer because on the one hand, um, certainly um, when you're pregnant for the first time, this is my experience, um, and you haven't had anything go wrong, on the one hand, you may be more likely to, to experience things um, in a more pleasant kind of manner. However, there's still lots of information out there, and there's the fear of the unknown. If you have had a setback, a loss, or some sort of traumatic experience, then, um, then perhaps a second pregnancy is more difficult. So that's not an easy question mm. to answer, Jeff, because I've seen, um, I've seen women panicking in their first pregnancy. Fear of, um, of of physical uh, aspects of pregnancy, the birth, the, mm-hmm. the pain, uh, the the health of the baby, uh, is potentially part of this. But what about just fear of motherhood and and and, and long term responsibility? Right. So this brings up an important issue, I think, which is the expectations that women have about what it means to be a mother in our society, and the expectations that can be placed on women. So if we look at the literature, the expectations that women go into pregnancy with have a profound effect on their mental state. And those expectations are carried around in their own mind, in our own minds, I should say, but they're also part of the cultural language around us. So one of the things I'm hoping to do is have us talk more about when pregnancy isn't straightforward. There are all sorts of myths about motherhood being this this time of, um, you know, looking Madonna-like and um, your child sleeping through the night and so on, and pregnancy being this time of radiance and joy. And, of course, those feelings can be there, but it can also be not that experience. And I think it's it's really important for us to recognize that there's a there's a vast range of emotions that can accompany pregnancy. For a mother to be who's experiencing some of the worst of, of the, the fear aspects and, and and this you know the cycle of anxiety, mm. um, in a physiological sense, can that be detrimental to the pregnancy? Again, that's tricky. What we because there's so much we're still finding out. Physiologically, what I would say is that there's, there's two aspects to it, really. There's the physiological, and I'm not sure that I can completely speak to that, except to say that, you know, we, we don't want mothers and babies stressed physiologically, especially when the risks are, are higher. But psychologically, what we know is that if a mother is feeling very distressed, it's hard to connect to her baby. It's hard to be present. And that bond, even antenatally, 
predicts outcomes. So helping women make that bond and feel more present, less stressed is vital. Stress during pregnancy is associated with um, poorer outcomes, for example, lower birth weight, um, babies born earlier, and a number of other outcomes. So stress in and of itself um, is something that we want to avoid. Having said that, of course, you know, we can't eliminate stress. What we can do is learn ways of managing it. So let's talk, uh, and it'll have to be briefly because I guess you cover all of this in the workshop, but talk about these strategies and, and, and the kind of things that you take women through at these workshops. Okay. So I guess the important thing is having a framework in mind. And the framework I'm going to be using is talking about stresses and what we can do about them. Specifically, we can change our thoughts and how we relate to our thoughts. I'll I'll tell you more about that. We can increase the resources that we have available. We can change the strategy that we use to solve problems. Women are more likely to use emotion-focused strategies, that is, strategies that focus on their feelings In particular, my interest is in overthinking, a strategy that women are more likely to use that places them at risk for depression. So we're going to talk about overthinking and how to step away from that overthinking cycle. I I have workshops specifically about that. Um, We're also going to talk about how you can change your body's response. There are physiological things you can do, like diaphragmatic breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, that immediately mean you're less aroused. A key component, though, of the interventions is talking about mindfulness, that business about being present in the here and now, in a non-judgmental way, in a kind way, that allows you to be here rather than in the past or caught up in the future, in the anxiety of the future, or all the shoulds of the past. Presumably, uh, Kamari, uh, partners can similarly be caught up in some of these anxieties? Absolutely. It's vital to have a close connected network and to have your partner on board. So my husband and I trained in hypnobirthing and one of the um, things that really made a difference, I think, was having my husband learn some of those strategies to help him connect with our children and um, to help him really feel part of the birth. I think it's vital that partners feel that they are part of this birth and part of this baby's life, not just to offer support to the pregnant woman, which is vital, but also so they're connecting with their baby and feeling present. So presumably there's value uh, not only in uh, uh, in expecting mothers to to attend these workshops, but perhaps partners as well. Absolutely. I think that the more partners feel that they are part of the birthing process, the more empowered they may feel to be active parents. One of the real challenges uh, when we attend something like this is taking all these wonderful messages that are delivered, you know, in 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 an environment where we're expecting to be helped and supported Mm. and taking that back home. And applying it, what can you say about the strategies that you can uh, offer that can help and encourage women uh, in the knowledge that they can go home and, 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 and practically apply these skills? So practice is really important. Knowledge is one thing. That's why I have both accompanying written material 
on my blog and a workbook, but there's also a CD I've released recently, and all the exercises are really brief. You can play the CD, remind yourself of the exercises, and I also guide you through visualizations. Um, for example, one of the exercises is about exiting the panic cycle. Another is dealing with negative predictions as they come up. So the intention behind that had been to have an immediate support for women and their partners for those moments when they really needed it. My recommendation, though, is to use the strategies proactively, that is, ahead of when you'll need them, and also reactively in the moment that you need them. Every single time we do something other than stress, panic, go down, we're helping our brain rewire to a new way of being in the world. Now, we'll give our listeners details of the upcoming workshop in a moment, but you, you mentioned uh, overthinking, mm-hmm. and this is part of what you'll discuss, discuss at this workshop, but uh, overthinking is an issue that you also deal with separately in separate workshops. What do you mean by overthinking? Overthinking is when we, when we rehash things, we speculate about the causes, we brood, we dwell. We say, for example, why didn't he call me? What did he mean when he said that? We're going over and over things. We know that overthinking is like adding yeast to dough. It amplifies depressed mood, anxiety. It is so vital to be treating, to be looking at overthinking. When combined with self-criticism, overthinking, especially the brooding aspect, predicts suicidal thinking. That's why it's so vital to to know about this brooding business. I think, I'm, I, think I can identify with that. This is the kind of thing that, that, that sometimes keeps people awake at night. It isn't absolutely it? does. That amplification of issues, particularly right. in, the, in the dead of night. Absolutely right. So it is linked to poorer sleep, yes. unsurprisingly, stress, poorer problem solving. Now, people overthink because they feel they're getting closer to a solution, they feel they need to do it. But the research shows they're actually getting further away and the solutions they generate are are poorer. They're also less likely to implement those solutions. Um, They're less motivated. Uh, It saps energy. However, there are two components of overthinking. This is why we get suckered in. There's a reflection component and there's a brooding component. So what I'm going to be covering is how we recognize and move into reflection rather than this very murky brooding. You have uh, a workshop coming up for that. You have also a workshop coming up titled Calm in a Complicated Pregnancy that we've been talking about. Uh, When are these coming up, uh, Okay, uh, so there's a one-hour introductory seminar this Thursday on overcoming overthinking. On Saturday, the... 13th, there's a half-day Overcoming Overthinking workshop, 1 to 5, and then on the Sunday from 1 to 3, there's Calm in a Complicated Pregnancy. All right, so how can people find out so more about those? easiest details are on my website, www.kamari.co.nz, and also my Facebook page, Dr. Kamari, Valentine Clinical Psychologist, New Zealand. You also uh, find time to run a a, a clinical psychology practice here in Dunedin? It's a very small practice because um, I have a son who's 20, 
one month today. And um, because of looking after him, I have a very tiny practice at the moment. And I also work for the University of Otago. And you're also about to have another child. <laughs> <laughs> I have a CD about quick, mindful moments for busy women. Right. Okay. Well, they can find out more about that from your website Thank as well, you. no doubt. Very interesting. All the very best for the workshops you're holding you here in, in Dunedin. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, women and men out there that will be interested to uh, to hear about the things you're talking about and to know that you're operating and working here in Dunedin and perhaps can offer them some help with some of the things that they've been uh, perhaps worrying about a little bit. Uh, so uh, there it is. If you want to check out the website, www.kumari.co.nz and the workshop details are up there. Dr. Kumari Valentine, thank you for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show. Thank you, Jeff. This program was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.